नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय श्रीमद्भागवता कैंटो एप्टर ट्वेंटी फोर मत्स्य लॉर्ड फिश इनकारनेशन टेक्स नंबर ट्वेंटी एट थर्टी एट मदीय महिम च्रह्म शब्दी वेस्यसीग्रह मे संप्रश्नाय विवृत हृदय मरिया परम ब्रमेति शासितम् शब्दितम् वेत्स्यानुग्रहितमे संप्रश्नाय विवृतम हृदय संप्रश्नाय विवृतम हृदय मदीयम प्रटेनिंग टू मी महिमानम ग्लोरीज च एंड परम ब्रह्मा the supreme brahman the absolute truth eti thus shabditam celebrated vesyasi you shall understand anugrihi anugrihitam being favored may by me some prashnai by inquiries every time thoroughly explain ready within the heart translation and purport by his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami shri prabhupad you will be thoroughly advised and favored by me and because of your inquiries everything about my glories which are known as param brahma will be manifested within your heart thus you will know everything about me please repeat you will be thoroughly advised and favored by me and because of your inquiries everything about my glories which are known as param brahma will be manifest within your heart thus you will know everything about me shubhras purport as stated in the bhagavad gita 1515 savasichamridi sanavishto matakshmritir gyanam aponam cha the supreme personality of godhead paramatma is situated in everyone's heart and from him come remembrance knowledge and forgetfulness the lord reveals himself in proportion to one surrender to him ye etham am prabhadyante tam stataiva bhajamyaham 
In response of cooperation, the Lord reveals himself in proportion to one's surrender. That which is revealed to one who is fully surrenders, who fully surrenders, is different from what is revealed to one who surrenders partially. Everyone naturally surrenders to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, either directly or indirectly. The conditioned soul surrenders to the laws of nature and material existence. Oh, and fully surrenders to this Lord, material nature does not act upon him. Such a fully surrendered soul is favored by the Supreme Personality of Godhead directly. Mam eva ye pravadyante mayam etam durantite. One who is fully surrendered to the Lord has no fear of the modes of material nature. For everything is but an expansion of the Lord's glories, sarvam kalvidam brahma. And these glories are gradually revealed and realized. The Lord is the supreme purifier, param brahma param dhamma pavitram paramam bhavan. The more one is purified, and the more he wants to know about the supreme, the more the Lord reveals to him. Full knowledge of Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan is revealed to the pure devotees. The Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 10.11, Te shameva nukam paratam aham agyana jam tamaha na shamyam yatma bhavashto bhashvata Out of compassion for them, I dwell in their hearts, destroy with the shining lamp of knowledge the darkness born of ignorance. Madhya mahimanam cha param brameti shabditam vesyasyanugrihitam me samprashnaraviritam ridi. You will be thoroughly advised and favored by me, and because of your inquiries, everything about my glories, which are known as param brahma, will be manifested within your heart. Thus you will know everything about me. Namam Vishnu Vraya Krishna Pristaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swanitanamane Namaste Saraswatunde Ve Gauravani Bracharane Nirvi Shesha Srinivadi Paskyatya De Satarane In this verse it explains that factually everyone is surrendered to Krishna to some extent. Either directly one surrenders to Krishna by following Krishna's directions, such as in Bhagavad Gita, or under the guidance of Krishna's representatives, or one will be forced to follow Krishna's directions according to the modes of material nature. Therefore, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, pratishtam samudram advat sarve." that a person is not disturbed by the incessant flow of desires that enter like rivers into an ocean, which is always being filled, but is always still, can alone achieve peace, and not the man who strives to satisfy such desires. In other words, in the Bali concept of life, there are so many demands from the body and the mind and other people's bodies and minds, that it is not possible to be peaceful. Of course, on the other side, one must fulfill some demands of the body and mind, or even other people's demands, 
Otherwise, it's not possible to survive in the material world. But one has to develop transcendental knowledge so that one does whatever he's doing in the material world under the guidance of Krishna and his representative. He does it as a service rather as for sense gratification. So that takes transcendental knowledge. Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita keeps on advising Arjuna, touch Trinu, hear from me, or Tadvidi Prani Patena Pari Prashnana Sevya. Hear from my representative. So that we can get a transcendental view on the world. That transcendental view ultimately is quite simple. Everything else is very complicated. Without that transcendental view, everything appears to be complicated. For instance, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna has said many places, Vidya Vinaya Sampane Brahmi Gavi Hastini, Shuni Chaiva Swapakecha Pandita Samadarshana. That a person who's actually learned the humble sages by virtue of true knowledge, one who actually sees things properly, he sees with an equal vision the learned and gentle Brahman, the cow, the dog, the elephant, and the dog eater. He sees that the real person is not the body, the external body. He sees the real person as the soul and the supreme soul within him. And when one has that vision, then one has to also act accordingly according to that vision. Therefore, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Yari Deka Tari Kaha Krishna Upadesh Amar Aga Guruhana Tari Desh That whoever we meet, our duty is very simple. Pray to Krishna, please give me the intelligence to serve this soul, to help them revive their relationship with, with you. Then, Dadami Buddha Yogam Tam, then Krishna will give the appropriate intelligence. So that appropriate intelligence means transcendental discrimination and at the same time, transcendental expertise. It is not enough just to be humble and do our duty. That's also nice, but we also have to develop transcendental discrimination. How to do our duty even better than what we're used to. Doing our duty better than we're used to means to try to attract others to take up the activities of devotional service. So that takes some discrimination. Not everyone is on the same preparedness to take up devotional service. Some people are antagonistic. They're indifferent, completely unmotivated, no idea what's going on in terms of devotional service. Some people are enthusiastic in devotional service, but actually they have very little information how to properly perform devotional service. And some people, they have enthusiasm and some information, but their information is not adequate for them to perform devotional service on their own and make effective and do it effectively, either for their own benefit or even to help others become Krishna conscious. And others, they're reluctant to perform devotional service because they had bad experience. Somehow or another, they thought they were mistreated 
or they had some bad experience or they feel they're inadequate. So to deal with them is also different. And others, they're enthusiastic and they're knowledgeable and they want to be given some opportunity to show their abilities and therefore they're most likely to be enthused when they're given some service where they're given responsibility. So without having that discrimination, one may apply one's well intentions to different devotees and they may feel frustrated or confused as a result of that. Especially if one is an authority, one may approach someone and if one doesn't have the proper discrimination, while one's trying to guide them or encourage them, one may do it in the wrong way. And instead of helping them, one may confuse them or frustrate them. So this transcendental discrimination is necessary. And even if we know someone should be delegated a responsibility, even if we know we should coach someone or we should counsel someone or we should instruct someone, it also takes some expertise how to do that. So it's not enough that we want to push on the Hare Krishna movement just to maintain ourselves in a humble mood. We should also try to make some advancement towards expertise and discrimination. And Krishna will help. It is not that any of us were born sincere to become Krishna conscious. There's not very many Sukadeva Goswamis in the Hare Krishna movement. Kalo, Sudra, Sambhava. We've all been born as Shudras, and as Srila Bhaktivinoda said, by education we become less than animals. So that's Kali Yuga. But as Sanatana Goswami says, that just like bell metal can be turned into gold by an alchemical process, so similarly by the proper application of devotional service and samskaras, that even an uncultured person can be made into a Brahmin. And what is a Brahmin? A Brahmin has transcendental vision. He has knowledge and discrimination. He has expertise of how to apply that knowledge. Therefore, it says not only uh, not only knowledge, but also practical application of that knowledge. But we should know what the goal is. The goal is not to make the Hare Krishna movement somehow or another popular in the sense that rock stars and football players and, and movie actors are popular. We're actually trying to make people Krishna conscious. We're trying to invoke within their heart real knowledge about who they really are, beginning with you're not your body. It is not that we have to apply some kind of diplomacy all the time and esoteric knowledge to attract people. First, we have to convince people that you're not your body. Prabhupada said that will take 500 years to do that. Such a simple thing, something obviously, well, should be very obvious, but it's not so obvious. Therefore, it has to be repeated. In 1968, when I joined the movement, there, were no, there was no tape ministry at that time. I think it started around 1970, the Golden Avatar tape ministry. 
So the only communication we had, what Srila Prabhupada was doing, was when our, my temple president would call up Brahmananda, who was traveling with Prabhupada at that time, and ask, what did Prabhupada say? And inevitably, there was the same answer. Prabhupada saying, we're not the body. When I first joined, I used to go to the university, and there, we, we didn't have any books at that time. Even the little blue Bhagavad Gita wasn't there. The only Bhagavad Gita the, was one verse from the Bhagavad Gita from Dr. Radha Krishna's Bhagavad Gita, and that was Dehnosminita Dehe Yokomaram Yovanam Dara. And even that verse was we didn't have the Sanskrit for it. All we had was a translation. And three times a week, Burjan Peru, or Rupanuga Peru, but usually Burjan Peru, would give the Bhagavad Gita class. And that was the only verse he had. And it wasn't a big turnout. So after a few months of hearing, as the embodied soul continually passes in this body from boyhood to youth, I think there must be something more to this philosophy. Of course, there is something more. The first day I walked into the Shrimad Bhagavatam class, it was they they because the only book they had was probably was originally three uh, three volumes for the first canto. First thing I heard was uh, Ashvatthama was throwing a brahmastra at Arjuna, and the whole universe had become lit up just like an atomic bomb. I was thinking, wow, this is quite a philosophy, spiritual philosophy. They're about to kill each other and destroy the universe. But anyhow, this was our basic philosophy. Three times a week for months I was hearing it. I was thinking, well, I don't know if I can take another Bhagavad Gita class. <laughs> there must be something more. But then I had the good fortune of going to New Brindavan. And to get, I went with uh, a devotee named Jagadish Peru and someone named Bhaktabab and Irina, who later on became Bhagavan Das and Krishnabhamani. Devi Dasi. So we went there, and at that time, New Vrindavan was a, literally, there was no road to get from where the road where we stopped in order to get to the farmhouse, where, that was called New Vrindavan. And at that time, we didn't have shoes, because as soon as we joined the movement, everything we renounced. So we had tonks. So I put my foot into the mud, which was called the road, and it sunk right into the mud, and my flipper got stopped. <laughs> so it took us, I think it was a half a mile or something, it took us two hours to get there. It was because we were sinking into the mud. So finally we got to New Brindavan. We went up to see Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada was an attic. He was living in the attic. And he looked at me and smiled and said, So, how do you like our jungle? So, at that particular time, New Brindavan was simply a jungle. And in order to take a shower in the morning, you climb down a mountain. Not, a kind of, not really a mountain, it was more like a hill. But the hill was mud, because it was in May, it was right, right after the rainy season. So you went down there and you, you went into the lake, what they call the lake. And then when you came out, you had to go through the mud again. So you were dirtier than when you went in. It's kind of husty snot. <laughs> so after a few days of that, 
I was beginning to realize I couldn't be this body, otherwise I wouldn't survive. And then Prabhupada gave a lecture one evening on the Bhagavad Gita and said, we're not this body, and it suddenly clicked. Oh, that's right, I'm not this body. That's fantastic. I why didn't they tell me that before? Because I still haven't realized I'm not this body, but it's a gradual understanding. But at least I understood the f importance of that part of the philosophy. It actually had some significance to myself and others. So it's not like the philosophy is so easily understood that automatically we have to go into something esoteric. No, we actually understood this, even the most basic philosophy, we become joyful at every moment. There's no shoshiti, there's no kongshiti. We see everyone as spiritual beings, and we treat them, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, whoever we meet, there's nothing to gain from anyone. There's no one to, nothing to lose from anyone. There's nothing to gain in the material world. There's nothing to lose in the material world, because we're all transcendental. The only thing we can gain is love for Krishna. Knowledge about Krishna, and eventually love for Krishna. And if we want to help someone, if we want to help ourselves, as Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Prabhupada told our Srila Prabhupada, that preach Krishna consciousness and do good for yourself, and you'll do good for others also. So it's not that when we go out and preach, and not even we don't have to go out, it's not that outside the Hare Krishna movement there are so many living entities to be delivered, and inside the Hare Krishna movement there are so many other types of living entities, and I don't have to help them become Krishna conscious. Help them, actually, it's more like sir, try to serve them in their mission to become Krishna conscious. Nimitra matram chin. The only way of helping ourselves is to become an instrument. The only thing, way we can help ourselves and help others is to hear from the pure devotee, try to understand what the pure devotee is saying by praying and by service, and then try to apply that within our lives, which means to agree to become Krishna's instrument, to rely upon Krishna, and not to become misdirected by all these incessant conceptions that may flow through our minds, all these desires that may flow through our minds, not to become deviated by them, bewildered by them, but to accept the basic philosophy, in this situation now, what can I do to serve Krishna? What can I do under the guidance of my spiritual master and disciple succession to fulfill the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu moment to moment? Every person we meet, whoever it may be, pray to Krishna, how should I appropriately deal with this person to help them revive their relation with Krishna, to make progress in that relationship? How can I serve them appropriately? So to do that, Sri Rupa Goswami has told us, devotional service is only loving exchanges. Prabhupada said they were asking Prabhupada one time, Prabhupada, you've met with so many challenges, and when you came to America, you had to live with some hippie who practically was violent towards you. You had to run out of the house. You had to live with another 
person who eventually became your disciple, but he had meat in his refrigerator. He went through so many difficulties. Prabhupada said, there's no difficulty. <laughs> I was always with my spiritual master and I was doing service. There was no difficulty. So for an ordinary conditioned soul, there's only difficulty because we're fighting against Krishna. Bayam dvitiya bina veshatasyad ishadabhatasya viparyosmriti. And the whole world is a challenge trying to counter our attempts to become God or something someone important in this material world. But for one who is a servant, gopi bharata padakamalayara, dasa dasa anudasa, there's only opportunities for service. To become connected with one spiritual master in disciple succession and to perform some service in the, Chaitanya, in the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But it's not that simply I get some idea I should do some service, but as we become purified, as we become aware, then that service becomes more and more refined. One becomes more and more empowered. Not we become empowered. We allow Krishna to utilize his energies to spread the Sankirtan movement rather than getting in Krishna's way by our, our attachment to material conceptions and desires. The more we become free from our attachment to material conceptions and desires, then the more Krishna is able to utilize freely his body, his mind, his words in spreading the Sankirtan movement. And the, more, the more we become transparent like Vidura. Vidura... He came back after pilgrimage, 30-something years. And when he came back to Hastinapur, Marjudas there came and greeted him. And he said, Marjudas there told Vidura, Bhavan Bhavas Bhagavatas Tirta Bhutak Soyam Vibo Tirta Korvanti Tirtani Swantak Stena Katabrataha that saints like yourself, they're verily places of pilgrimage. Because wherever you go, you turn that place into a place of pilgrimage because you carry Krishna within your heart. So what will spread the Hare Krishna movement, what will convince others to become Krishna conscious, is if we're actually remembering Krishna, especially if we're absorbed in Krishna consciousness and relishing remembering Krishna's name, form, quality, and pastimes. Shubhraj said, what is the book distribution? Is it learning some lines and tricking people? Sometimes it is. We did that for some time. It was not sustainable. But actually what's sustainable, Prabhupada said, is when people see the enthusiasm of the devotees, they become struck with wonder. And at once they want to purchase the book. Who doesn't want to become, if one sees someone so enthusiastic, why will one not want to find out how do they get to that state of consciousness? Of course, they may buy the book and, you know, after the devotee leaves, they may think, how, how did this happen? What happened? I fell into Krishna consciousness for a moment. Oh, don't worry, Maya says, I'll help you out. <laughs> Have no fear, my boy. It's, Maya is just a step away. So is the, our meditation on the orders of the disciples' succession, especially Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission, when we become con in contact with that mission and try to apply it, agree to it, 
in different ways by thinking about it, by speaking about it, by utilizing this body, desiring that we engage in that service, then we become empowered by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to spread this mission of Krishna consciousness. And that is actually what it means to become guru. Everyone is supposed to become guru according to the order of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It is not that a few people are supposed to become guru and everyone else is supposed to become guru. Or be a guru, a cow. No, we're all supposed to realize I'm not this body, I'm Krishna's service, servant. Now what can I do to spread the Hare Krishna movement? And if we're in that mood, Dadami, Buddha, Yogam, Tam, Krishna will tell us what to do. And if we agree to that, if we simply agree to it and desire to fulfill Krishna's desire, then Tesham Eva Nukam Paratam Aham Agyana Jamtaha Maha. Then Krishna will enlighten us. He'll purify us. So we'll see, I should not get in Krishna's way. I should become encouraged and enthusiastic to see the Hare Krishna movement spread. And I should desire that my body, what appears to be my body, which is really Krishna's body, Krishna's mind, Krishna's intelligence, Krishna's words, everything that belongs to Krishna should be utilized to spread the Hare Krishna movement. And the more we think like that, then the more our lives will become successful. The more Krishna will give us all the benedictions we're looking for. And we'll actually one day, gradually, 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 as we make progress, realize that there's nothing but Krishna. There's nothing but Krishna's love for Krishna. There's no other actual existence that's worthwhile. So I'll stop there. Thank you. Any questions? Yes. Comments. Any comments, Maharaj? Yes. Questions? Well, they're waiting for the microphone, so I have to. You can go over there for Thank you, Maharaj, for your beautiful class. You were referring to Sanatan Goswami and his uh, analogy of the touchstone and this transformation. Um, sometimes we may lose faith, at least speaking personally, uh, when looking at one's own state and perhaps seeing other devotees, also senior maybe who after decades of practicing Krishna consciousness, at least to our imperfect vision, may seem to uh, maintain the same type of uh, maybe unfavorable personality traits, uh, contrary to what we'd assume would disappear, you know, as a, as a touchstone would, would, would change bell metal to, to, to gold. So I was wondering how can we, or what do we do when we, when I may have a little bit of a, of a loss of faith uh, when observing this. Yeah, we can, there are many ways of looking at it. One is that if we see a devotee decade after decade having the same characteristics apparently that they had previously, we should understand how wonderful devotional service is that it can maintain a person who even has undesirable traits decade after decade in devotional service. So it must be very powerful. So we can appreciate the power of devotional service, of maintaining even a conditioned soul and the activities of devotional service. On the other hand, I'm sure we can find examples of devotees who have made wonderful progress. And if we look at them, then we become encouraged and see that 
if one is willing to give up the anchor of anartha and aparad, how wonderful devotional service manifests in a devotee. So we should look for the positive examples also. But even the so-called negative examples also demonstrate the power of devotional service. Anything? Wait for the, here's the microphone. I just wanted to, to thank you for so clearly um, making it so understandable um, and so simply expressed that it, I think anybody, even a child, can understand what Krishna consciousness is. And, uh, and I just want to thank you for that. Well, thank you for understanding it. <laughs> Most people aren't so childlike, therefore they can't understand something that even a child should understand. Anything else? Yes. Thank you, Marge. That was probably the best class I ever heard. It's pretty amazing. Well, it seems to me that the best thing that we can do is try to um, all follow Srila Prabhupada's instruction to cooperate with one another and uh, work hard to push on this movement by doing whatever we can to support the Hari Nam and the book distribution and all the other preaching activities by whatever we can do in any way. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Grandraj Shimad Bhagavatam Kijai, Srila Prabhupada Kijai, Kor Premanande.